and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today, and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, God bless you this morning. I'm excited about speaking to you about this message. It's titled, Totally Abandoned to the Gospel. Totally Abandoned to the Gospel. Amen. Everybody say that with me. Totally Abandoned to the Gospel. How many have ever met someone that is seemingly totally abandoned to whatever it is that they do? Maybe a co-worker, maybe, maybe a sports athlete. You know, I, I think of Michael Jordan, right? He comes to my mind. He was totally abandoned, committed to what he did. Maybe you work with somebody that's totally abandoned and committed. In fact, they'll step right over you to get to their destination, right? You, we know people like that. And that's a commitment. It's a abandoning everything else to get to their goal. How many know people like that? Maybe you are one of those people today. And now, I'm, I, I don't want to say there's something wrong with that. It just depends on how you do that, what you're accomplishing, what your goal is in, in trying to do that. But this morning, I, I want to talk to you about being abandoned to the gospel. See, my... my thing as a pastor, I see everybody from all walks of life. I see the, 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 the people that are plugged in the ministry to the people that I wonder how they're even staying spiritually alive, right? I, I, and I'm not just talking about my church here. I'm talking about all kinds of people out in the world. And as a pastor, my passion is that everybody would become sold out for God, right? Uh, totally abandoned for God, totally committed, totally fulfilled in serving their Lord. And it bothers me, it worries me, is, is the better term, it worries me when I don't see that in, in individuals. And so I, beginning of the year still, January here, we're still pointing to the rest of this year, and we talked about how the word transformation, I believe that transformation is occurring in our church Transformation is occurring in us as individuals. And I believe that the Lord has this word for you today to remind you to become totally abandoned, totally committed to Him. Amen? How many want to be committed to Him? How many want to know that, that they know that they did everything in their power that God would, would pour out His blessings? Because, because there's nothing worse than looking back on a situation and saying... Yeah, I know I didn't do my best there. I, I could have done more. I could have given it more. And walking out here and, 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 and wondering what would have happened if you would have given all back here. There's nothing worse than that, whether it's in your life, your career, uh, even spiritually. But I want to remind you today that the Lord wants you to be totally abandoned to Him. To say, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen. Anybody have that plaque, that sign in your house? If, if not, I would encourage you, and I've said this here before, I would encourage you, go out and get one. Put one in your house, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, wherever you're going to see it. And remind yourself, as far as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen. Because there's no, there's no taking breaks between, you know, in your serving relationship with God. How many know that? If you're going to be a believer, you're a believer. You can't just get uh, half wet if you're going to go swimming. You can't go in halfway. You've got to go in all the way. Amen? And the Lord wants you to do that this morning. If you have your Bibles, 
I want you to turn to Romans chapter 1. And this is actually part of our weekly Bible study. We're studying the book of Romans right now. And I wanted to put this message out there. It really was speaking to me. And Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 14, 14 through 16, is where I want to read this morning. But I believe this, this message is for all of us here this morning. Beginning in verse 14, the Apostle Paul here is preaching to the Romans. It says here in verse 14, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Everybody say that with me. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So let's pray right now. Father God, Lord, we thank you. Your word endures forever. It's, it's got so many truths in there, Lord. And we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit would speak to us that it would reveal a truth to us today that you've declared that you want us to be living and a fully committed, abandoned life to you, Father, that we would understand that there is power in the gospel. There is power when we speak the gospel. So, Lord, we pray that this morning. Help us to hear it. Help us to receive it this morning. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Romans. He also was given credit for writing 13 of the other New Testament books, or a total of 13 books, I should say. He was totally abandoned to Jesus Christ. How many know that? He, there was no halfway about Paul. He was much like Peter. And that's why they couldn't get along. They, they didn't do too well together in ministry. They had to go out and do their separate things because they had, they had their own mission, their own purpose, and they were clashing because they were two strong individuals. Anybody ever experienced that? Where two strong individuals get together in the same room? It's not working, right? Somebody's got to go. Somebody's got to go. And, and Paul went on his own way. And one of his goals in his ministry was to preach to Rome. See, Rome was the center of civilization at that time. Rome, if you've watched any of the movies such as Gladiator, Ben-Hur, any of these uh, more modern-day movies, and, and not just reading your Bible, but it will tell you that Rome was the civilization, the, the center point of, of civilization. And, and it was Paul's desire to make the biggest impact. Well, how can he make the biggest impact? By reaching the biggest civilization on earth, which was Rome. That was his dream. That was his desire. And he was committed, and he was committed to three Three terms here. Number one, verse 14 said, I am a debtor, or I am obligated. I'm a debtor. He was, he was obligated. Number two, he was ready. Ever heard the term be instant in season and out of season? Be in instant in season, meaning you got to be ready. You got to be ready at any time. And then the third thing he was, he was um, excited about was he was not ashamed the Bible says he was not ashamed about the gospel because there was the power of God there. He was not ashamed to declare it to anybody, not just in the house of God, but at Safeway, you know, or at Starbucks, or out when he's uh, getting a minor procedure at the doctor's and looking at the nurses and saying, hey, you go to church? Hey, you go to church? Uh, he wasn't ashamed. He would just proclaim the gospel. 
And so what Paul's doing here in this chapter and specifically in these three verses, he's asking you, he's telling us, are you really sold out? Are you committed? Do you realize the power of the gospel is really the power? It's not you. It's not me. The power of the Holy Spirit is what moves us. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit is what speaks to people. Amen. All we're doing is we're being an instrument, an obedient vessel. Lord, speak through me. What words do I need to say to this, uh, cat, you know, the barista at Starbucks when I get my tea, when I get my coffee, tall grande or whatever it's called. Your, uh, you know, what do I say to them? Do you go to church? How about that? Start with that. You go to church? I go to church right here and let me tell you all about it. That's an open door. Amen. So Paul is imploring us to follow him as he followed Christ. There's, and I've said that here before to you is, as your pastor, I would suggest to you, follow Anna and I as we follow Christ. Follow us on this journey together. Because I'm not going to steer you wrong. Believe me, I'm not going to steer you wrong. But, but more importantly, follow Jesus, number one. Follow us as we lead that way here in our church. Amen? And Paul was saying the same thing. Follow him as he followed Christ. Acts chapter 9, one of my favorite stories of the gospel. It really starts there with Paul. How many remember the story of his great salvation, of his great testimony, right? Here was a man, he was known as Saul. He was persecuting the Christians. He was, he was absolutely killing them. In fact, history says that he was there at the stoning of Stephen. When Stephen was stoned to death, Paul supposedly was holding on to his clothes, to his cloak, the Bible says. He was there, present. He was ordering hits on believers. And here he's on this journey to go kill more Christians. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that he's on his horse and a light shone from heaven. A voice cried out from heaven and scared the horse, knocked Saul off his horse. And here's a devout Jew. Saul was a devout Jew, uh, a monotheistic Jew, meaning belief in one God. And he cried out. He said, Lord, Lord, who are you? And naturally, he would have expected the, the voice to say, well, I'm the God of the Old Testament, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But what did he hear? He said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest, whom you're persecuting. And that just blew Paul or Saul's mind right there. It just, it just amazed them because Jesus wasn't the Savior in his mind. Jesus wasn't God in his mind. And here at this moment, this, this light this, that shone from heaven throws him off the horse. Sometimes God needs to shake us up to get our attention. Amen? Sometimes he needs to throw you off your horse. How many have been thrown off a horse before? God forbid we get thrown off a horse because that, that's not a joke right there. And he was, and God got his full attention. In fact, the Bible says three days later, he was baptized. He began on this mission, and and Paul was fully abandoned. He sold out right there. He said, I heard the voice of God. I heard the voice of God speaking to my spirit, and I know what my task is. He knew right away what his purpose, his plan in life was. 
Now he reversed courses where before he was persecuting Christians. Now he's going to walk and support Christians and speak the gospel. Speak what God's glorious word declares. Now all those verses in the Old Testament, those prophecies in Isaiah, Zechariah, Psalms that mention the Savior, they all began to make sense to him. They all began to click in his mind and say, okay, I get it now. Unto us a Savior is born. Hmm, Isaiah 9, 6. I get it now. I get it. And he began to share this gospel. He was totally abandoned. And nobody was going to get in his way. Nobody. Amen. So his questions that he asked at that time is, at that moment of salvation is, Lord, who are you? And Lord, what would you have me do? Have you asked those questions of yourself? Have you begun to ask yourself that question this year? Lord, this new year. I know I've been a believer. Maybe this is new. Maybe I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, 30 years, uh, whatever. But Lord, what would you have me do this year? What would you have me do right now? See, Paul asked that question, and it's an example to each of us that we should never stop asking that question. We should constantly be asking, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do today? What would you have me do here today in Starbucks? You want me to really speak to that barista? What would you have me do tomorrow at work? Lord, what would you have me do? See, Paul, number one, was faithful to the obligations of the gospel. Why was he faithful to the obligations? Now, what obligations am I talking about? Number one, he was indebted. He he had the patriarchs of the Old Testament. How many remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and, and, and the prophets of old? He was indebted to those people right there. See, this man was a man of the law. He knew the book. He knew the law. He could quote it backwards and forwards. And so he knew what the foundation was all about. He was indebted to the patriarchs. Amen? He was indebted to the one who gave himself for us. He was indebted to Jesus. When he finally began to understand Oh, that Jesus that, nailed, that got nailed to the cross in my place. Paul had a deep understanding at that moment. I'm indebted to you forever. See, your life isn't, you're not here by accident. Amen. The Lord has a purpose and a plan for you. And it's up to us to remember that, to be totally committed to him. We're also debtors to the heroes of the past, as I'm saying. He, he would think often about the prophets of old, about about Joshua, about Moses, about the great people of the Old Testament. And he was, he's indebted to his past. Anybody here indebted to your past? Are you indebted to your past? You know, I'm talking about naturally here. Family members, people that have paved your way to be here today. You know, all of us are indebted in some form or some fashion to members of our past, whether family, whether it's, uh, it's uh, family members or maybe others on a grander level. You're indebted to somebody in your past. Amen. And Paul realized that. Paul had a debt to Stephen. How many know that when he saw Stephen killed right there and he was there, the Bible doesn't mention too many other one-on-one accounts like that, but he was involved in many. The Bible says he persecuted Christians. He killed them. So he was involved in many just like that. But how many know that Shortly after his conversion experience, that began to bother him. It bothered him. I don't care 
how much you know that your past is forgiven, there's some things you can't ever forget. And sometimes God doesn't want you to forget them. He wants you to remember where he brought you out of. Amen? He wants you to remember what you used to do, where you're at now, but what he brought you out of. And the Lord, I believe, allowed Paul to remember. And so Paul had a debt to Stephen to pay an obligation to the gospel to repay and, and make up for that killing. Amen? And that was a debt as well to the Old Testament prophets, a, a debt to all those that came before him. We're also in debt or obligated to those around us. Every one of us, if you have a family member here to, today, or not necessarily here, but in your family that does not know the Lord, you're obligated to share the gospel with them. Did you know that this morning? You're obligated to share the gospel. Now, you don't need to beat them up with the gospel. That's what the Lord, the Holy Spirit is for. The Holy Spirit convicts. Amen? Amen? You and I don't convict. The Holy Spirit does. You are just to provide, present the gospel message. <coughs> Excuse me. When you present the gospel message, the Holy Spirit now begins to minister to that person. You can't, no matter how hard you try, and when you first got saved, I know you because you're just like me, you wanted to beat people up for Christ, right? You wanted to just shake them and say, don't you get it? You're going to hell. Don't you get it? Receive this. I was like that. I, I, I mean, I, I wanted to do that, and I did that a few times, which is not the right way to do it. What you're going to do is you're going to scare those people, and they're not going to want to have nothing to do with you. And so I learned to tone it down, to say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to present your word, and you've got you to gotta show up. You got to step in and you got to show up. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Paul was saying in those scriptures that everyone, everyone, everybody say everyone, everyone. needs to know Jesus. Everyone needs to know Jesus. And why is that? Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8 has this wonderful verse. It says, Freely you have received. Freely give. Amen? You've received salvation. Every one of you here that are saved, you have received it. It's a free gift. It was given to you like this. All you had to do was just come and grab it. And you did. Now the Lord is saying, now give that. Give that away. Give that gift away. Give it away. It's not yours to just hoard up. It's not yours so that you can just be a Christian and, and, and receive God's blessings and, and you know, go all is well with you. It's so that you can give that gift away. Amen? Freely you have received, freely give. And number two, Paul was ready for the opportunities of the gospel. Paul was ready for the opportunity of the gospel. See, you never know when God's going to put you in a situation. You just never know, do you? From time to time, you'll, you'll, you'll run into somebody and you'll think, wow, that was a coincidence. I ran into this person and they needed me to pray for them. It doesn't necessarily have to be Pastor Rick that prays for them. You can pray for them. You know that? You can pray for somebody. You can witness to somebody. God uses all of us. Amen? And it's His Holy Spirit that will speak to that person. I quoted the scripture earlier, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2. It says, be instant in season and out of season. What that tells me as a pastor is that sometimes i got to be ready to share the Word of God to somebody or a situation or, or place. 
uh, I got to be instant in season, whether I'm ready or not, whether I'm tired, whether I feel sick, I got to be ready to go. Amen. And, and God may put you in a situation like that. He may put you uh, in, a, in a situation where you got to present God's love. You got to project God's love. And, and that's easy to do when you're abandoned to Christ. When you are sold out, committed to Christ, it's very easy to do. I always go back to the, what they said about the early church, how they knew that they were disciples of Christ because of the love they had one for another. Amen. Amen? Our church has love for one another. Amen? And, and that's a direct product or byproduct of serving our God. Amen? That's a direct byproduct of that. So be ready. Be instant in season and out of season. You know that that's the best, the most powerful way to be a great witness for the Lord is to be instant in season. Today, when you leave from here, some of you may go home, some of you may go shopping, some of you may possibly go out to eat somewhere. Be ready. Lord, what would you have me do today? Lord, what would you have me do today? You don't know if that waitress that's going to wait on you or, or, or that person at Starbucks, I don't know why I'm picking on Starbucks today. Somebody at Starbucks needs to get saved today. Amen. But you don't know what they're going through. You don't know if the Lord puts you there at that place at that time for them to hear from you. Amen. So be conscious of that. When you're totally abandoned to God, what you're really doing is you're saying, Lord, I'm here. Whatever you want me to do, however you want me to minister, just use me. How many want to be like that? How many want to be totally abandoned, committed to God? Amen. I don't know why, but I'm just reminded. I said Michael Jordan earlier, right? They were, I used to love to read stories about him. And uh, you know me, I like sports. So uh, one of the things that he was known for was his competitiveness, his fire, that he did not want to lose to anybody. In fact, they would even say is, he would, they would even say about him is that he would beat his mother, beat his mother in checkers. He wouldn't, I mean, his own mother, right? It's like, you got to have a fire to want to, to be so competitive that you can't even lose to your own mother, right? And, and that's what makes those people so good at what they do. They're a, completely abandoned to that mission, to that task. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is, Lord, are we, are we on that journey of being completely abandoned? I, I want you to understand that this morning. And, and I want to be completely abandoned. Lord, use me. Use my family. Use our church for whatever it is that you would have us do. Amen? Now, one of the things that projects that abandonment is there was the old Rick. There was the old Jill. There was the old Dan. There was the old Jim. And then there's the new person. Now, when people see you, do they recognize that? Do they recognize that? Do they see that? Because that's truly what attracts people. Is they're going, now, I know you, but that's not you. The, the, you. the you I used to know was that guy over there. I don't know this guy. And so then they get curious. That's how it was for me when I, when I first saw, I wasn't a Christian. I had a, a knock at my door in Yachtville, 6600 Yacht Leaf Court, uh, where, where I live, Oak Leaf Court. And... Uh, my uncle's dressed in a three-piece suit with a Bible in his hand, and he's been in and out of jail. And, and uh, I looked at him, I said, I, I know my old Uncle Jimmy, but I don't know this new Uncle Jimmy. And, and when I looked at him, I said, come on in. I was curious, like, 
talk to me. Because he and I used to do stuff together that I'm not even going to mention here. And all of a sudden I see him in a three-piece suit at my door. I want to hear your story. And so he began to tell me. And I, I was 24 at that time and, and just yearning for the things of God. I was at a point in my life where, Lord, this, this, there's got to be more to my life than this. There's got to be more. Are you really real? I mean, I was raised with a belief in God. But I, didn't, I wasn't abandoned, far from it. I was a CEO, Christian Easter, Christmas Easter only, right? I was a CEO. Other than that, I, I was in Cotton Church. But uh, he began to talk to me, my, my uncle Jimmy, and, and that was the path, the beginning of my journey to where I'm at today. Now, was it all smooth? No, because I, I, I stepped in there and tried to do things my way. And it wasn't until I finally said, Lord, I give up. You have your way. Here I am. What do you want me to do? What do you want to do in my life? That the Lord began to bless my, my steps. And, and then Anna came into my life. And my children, Bianca and Raquel, came into my life and so forth. But the Lord has plans for each of us. Amen. And the Lord wants us to be instant in season and out of season. Not only that, but do you know that Paul, in preaching this, this message, he faced death everywhere he went. Every day he faced death. And aren't you thankful that you don't have to face death today? You don't have to worry about militia forces coming in here right now and holding you up right now. What are you doing preaching the gospel? Like in some other countries. That goes on in other countries. We are blessed here in this country. Amen. We are blessed here in this country. So Lord, thank you for that. Here, I want to read to you a scripture found in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. I'm going to read... The New uh, Life Translation, I like this, this verse, the way it's uh, spoken here, but listen to this. It says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Has God been wonderful to you? Has He shown you grace in your life? Then don't hoard that. Give it out. Give it out. Uh, be abandoned to the Lord in all your ways. Amen. Now, the, uh, the apostle Paul was in love with his life. He loved what he did. He loved absolutely what he did every day. Yet he was not afraid to die. As I mentioned, he faced death every day. He proclaimed the message. He continued to proclaim it day after day. Are you in love with your life? If, and you should be. You should love what, what God has done in your life. And, and if you're not, I would say this then maybe you haven't truly become abandoned to God. Maybe you truly haven't sold out to God. Amen? And I would challenge you with, you with that this morning. Our third point here is, Paul was fearless at the opposition to the gospel. Paul was fearless. What did the verses say that I first read? Paul was not ashamed. Everybody say that. Paul was not ashamed of the person of the gospel. He was not ashamed of the person of the gospel. You could just picture Paul talking about Jesus. Can I tell you about my Jesus, Dan? Can I tell you what he did for me as I was headed to Damascus on this road late at night and a light shone from heaven? And then a voice, I heard him say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Can I tell you about him? I could just picture Saul telling others that he would come across let me tell you about my Jesus. Are you that way? 
Has God done something in your life where you just want to share it with others? Because if you haven't, if he, if he hasn't, maybe you need to get to that place where you can share that with somebody. See, just because you were raised in church doesn't mean you can't have an experience like that. God speaks to you every day, man. You know, you hear these stories of these people that, like Saul, that weren't uh, necessarily a uh, born-again Christian from the get-go. He had an experience. And sometimes people in the church that are raised in the church say, well, I never had that. And thank God you didn't. Thank God saved you. Thank God you walked in grace and obedience. But you can still have an experience like that. You can still have a defining moment where you said, Lord, as of this day, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I am totally committed, abandoned to the gospel. Amen? That's what I want to have you receive this morning. That's what I want you to receive. Amen? Now, Paul was fearless at the opposition to the gospel. And you may be saying, well, Pastor Rick, you know, I work in Napa, and, and, and they don't want to hear that message over there. You know, they're a little bit like elite, and, you know, they're not comfortable with that message. Or you may say, you know, I, I work in such and such place, and, and they don't want to hear that message. It doesn't matter. You know, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. Amen. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He goes with you. He goes before you. He goes behind you. He's all around you. He's in you. Amen. Never, ever be ashamed because there is power in the gospel. All you need to do is be obedient and just declare the words and watch the Holy Spirit work. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've just spoken to somebody just in a conversation and all of a sudden they're crying and I'm going like, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to that person. And I'm talking about somebody that's unsaved. Somebody that needed to hear an encouraging word at that moment. And I didn't know that, but the Holy Spirit does. So, so be fearless in your presentation. Be fearless. It doesn't matter where you go. Don't let anybody hold you back. Don't let anybody deny you. Amen? We have liberties and freedoms in this country. Let's take advantage of them. Amen? Let's take advantage of them. Because there will be a day, as, as Brother Ed would say, there will be a day coming when those liberties will be stripped away. Slowly but surely, they will be taken away. If you don't believe me, just read your news. Read your news. Read what's going on in the rest of the world. Take advantage of those liberties you have today to declare the gospel. And be bold doesn't matter if they're rich, cultured, or elite. They need to hear the gospel just as much as you and I do. Amen? Amen. We should always be open and bold for the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Because again, Paul was not ashamed of the purpose of the gospel. And what's the purpose of the gospel? It's to bring souls into the kingdom. It's to save souls. Amen? It's not to get a bigger church or a bigger choir or, or a brand new building, or anything like that. It's to bring souls in, to save souls from eternity, an eternity without God, amen? There's no greater business or occupation than sharing the gospel of Christ. You may be retired today, you may work as a teacher, educator, whatever your field is, there's no greater business than doing the Lord's business, amen? Than sharing the Word of God, because that is eternal, you see, your job here today, whatever it is you may do, that's going to stop. That's going to go away. And, and, and you're going to retire from that. 
And 30 years from now, people won't remember you. But the things that you do now for the gospel will be remembered in eternity forever and ever. That's eternity. That's what's most important. Amen? I want to read to you a little quote here. The gospel is not intended to save our generation from wreckage, but rather to save people from the wreckage of our generation. Amen? The gospel is not intended to save our generation from wreckage, but rather to save people from the wreckage of our generation. You see, our generations are just plummeting, plummeting, plummeting. And in, in moral values, ethical values, I mean, it's hard to find anybody that has integrity anymore. It's really hard to find people like that. And thank God that, that the Lord gives us second chances and third chances and fourth chances. Amen? Thank God for that. But we need to be fearless in our opposition to the gospel and, and, and not be ashamed of it. Not be ashamed of it. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 says this, The Son of Man came to seek that which was lost. How many know that? He came to seek you and you and you and you. Every one of you here, He specifically came for you. If you were the only one here, He would have come for you, Sheila. If you were the only one here. If you were the only one here, May, He would have come for you. Because He came to seek that which was lost. And we were all lost, amen? All of us. Which leads me to this other scripture. Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. Mark chapter 8 verse 36 says this. For what shall it profit a man? For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Amen? What shall it profit you? Put your name in there. What shall it profit? Rick. If I gain the whole world, riches, glory, whatever, you fill in the blanks, and lose my soul. Is it worth it? No. No. And people have, 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 have sold their soul for those riches, have sold their soul for the things of this world rather than the things of eternity. Lord, help us to be sold out for you. Help us to, to have a vision that, to not be ashamed of the gospel. Amen? See, the power of the gospel is the only hope for the dying world that we live in. We are in a dying world today. We live in a dying world, and the power of the gospel is the only thing that's going to help us. It's not going to be uh, Obamacare, or now that it's being repealed, whatever the new care is going to be. It's not going to be the new administration, it's not, whether it was Hillary or Trump. It, it, none of those are going to save our dying world. The only hope we have is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Did, you, did you know that the word power used there, the power of the gospel, it's the same word used in Acts, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, where it talks about the, the, the dunamis. It, it talks about dynamite. That word is where we get dynamite from. Power. And, and this is the same word. There is dynamite in the gospel. What it's trying to show you is there's power there above and beyond anything you can ever come up with. And the Lord put that in there because it's a truth. There is power in the gospel. Amen. Paul was not ashamed of the plan of the gospel. And here's, here's the bottom line. John 3.16 in this word. John 3.16 is the plan for each of us here today. 
For God so loved the world. Amen. For God so loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son. Amen. And we all know that scripture. We've all received Christ into our life because of that. You had an Uncle Jimmy in your life that spoke truth to you at some point. Each of you did. Or maybe it was a mother or grandmother that spoke into your life and, and taught you that truth. That is the plan for each of us. Amen. And, and we're not to be ashamed of that plan. We need to be declaring it to this world without fear, without oppression, without uh, worrying about, uh, Lord, what am I going to say? I don't know what to say. Have you ever asked the Lord to give you wisdom? To give you words for that moment? Because He will. I promise you He will. If not, just tell Him, I want to invite you to church. That's all you got to do. It's that simple. We'll tell them the gospel here when they get here. Amen? Just tell them, I want to invite you to church. That's all you got to do. You don't got to give them some great big grand testimony. You don't got to give them a three-point message. All you got to say is, can I invite you to church? Can I, or maybe, can I tell you what God did in my life this week? If God's done something wonderful in your life. Amen? Call upon Jesus is what we need to be doing to help, to have us, help, him, help us. Amen? God's plan is that anyone, anywhere, anytime can receive this message. And that's my emphasis here, is when we're fully abandoned to the gospel of God, no matter where we go, we can present this gospel message, and it can be presented to that person anywhere, anytime. So wherever you're going today, keep that in mind. Somebody here may need to hear the gospel. Somebody here may need to be encouraged. I want you to remember that, amen? And as, as I close this morning, there's no other greater reminder than to share that uh, somebody was sharing with me this morning that the, they were at a funeral where the person believed in Scientology. And I don't know if you know what that's about, but there's, there's many philosophies in our world. There's, uh, there's so many philosophies, and they'll all damn your soul to hell. All of them will. Because the Lord Jesus said that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. Didn't say that He was a way, a truth, and a life. He said He was the way, the truth, and the life. So there's many philosophies excuse me, in this world. But your salvation can never be gained through any of these philosophies, any of these uh, um, education or, or science, none of those. In fact, I was reading something last night. Everybody knows who Stephen Hawking is. He's considered one of the most brilliant minds of our generation. He's a scientist. He's the guy in the wheelchair. Um, and he said that people that believe in the myth of, of heaven, it's a fairy tale. It's, and that was a direct quote from him, that people that believe in, in the myth of heaven, uh, it's a fairy tale. And it's sad to hear that great minds like that can, can declare things like that because that soul will be damned to hell. Now, he still has an opportunity, so we should pray for that man. We should pray that God would enlighten him, give him wisdom. But none of us can receive salvation through science, through education, through philosophies. Jesus is the only way, amen? How many have found that to be true in your life? Jesus is the only way. It, it's great to be educated. It's great to read books. It's great to have a knowledge and be well-versed in our world. And, and to have dialogue and debate with your co-workers over coffee. Hey, that's great. We all should do that. We all should get to know, you know what's going on. But don't forget this. Don't forget it at the expense of the Word of God. Amen. This is the most important book 
in the world. It's always been the number one bestseller ever since it's been printed. Number one right here every year. Amen. So this morning, my question to you is, you may be a believer in Christ. You may be saying, here, well, Pastor Rick, I'm a believer. I don't, I don't have any issue with that. But maybe you want to recommit your life this year and you want to say, I want to be abandoned to Christ. I want to totally be abandoned. I want to fully commit my life this year to Christ and say goodbye to the old person and welcome this new person this year. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. And I'm going to invite you to call upon our Lord and Savior and He can help you in every step of your path, every step of your journey this morning. You may be struggling with, with different things in your life right now. And, and I know life can be, can be tough sometimes. You know, Life can be tough. Life will throw us some curveballs that we don't expect. Life will throw us health challenges. People, people will disappoint us as well. Maybe uh, your co-workers or you know, somebody will disappoint you. A family member will disappoint you. And at the end of the day, you're saying, Lord... I need you. And He's always been there. He's been there for you every step of the way. And that's what we got to remember this morning. My, my greatest passion as a dad is that my house, we shall serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we do have that plaque in our house. And we shall serve the Lord all the days of my life and even beyond. Right, Raquel? Amen? Amen. And, and I, my prayer this morning is for each of your homes that each of you would be to totally abandoned to Christ, that, there would, that you would allow nothing to come in, in the way of that relationship, that you would always say, Jesus, you will never leave me for, nor forsake me, nor will I forsake you. If that's your prayer this morning, and you want to recommit that life and just be totally abandoned to, to the gospel of Christ, if that's your desire this morning, I want you to pray this morning with me. Let's bow our heads. Father God, how we love you, Lord. How we desire you, Lord. How we desire more of you, Father. Lord, we're just, I'm, I'm tired of just the status quo. Lord, I'm tired of just seeing the same thing over and over and over. Lord, we want something new. We want a new vision, new spirit of God to just embolden us, every one of us here. Father God, that this year would be a year of transformation, a year of promise, a year of your blessings as we step out in obedience to you. Lord, I know that you can give us the words, the wisdom that we need in any moment. Lord, as you cause us to be instant in season and out of season. Lord, I pray that the power of the gospel will just flood through each of us. Will just right now begin to, uh, as, as people begin to recommit. And, and purpose in their life right now that they are going to serve you with a passion this year. That they're going to be totally committed to you, Lord, this year. Come hell or high water, as the description says, they're going to walk with you. That they're going to talk with you. That they're going to serve you all the days of their life. And more importantly, if they're a, a parent here with influence over young ones, oh God, I pray for them right now. Lord, a special blessing upon them that their commitment to you, Father, would directly influence that younger person in their life, their children, their grandchildren. Father, pour out your Holy Spirit and minister to them. Show them how to do that.
We may not know how, Lord, but you can show us. You can teach us. Lord, your word models it to us. So I pray that right now, Father, let your blessings pour out upon everyone here, every family represented. And Lord, as you do that, may we totally be committed to you that we can all declare in one mind and one accord, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen and amen.